You've found your way to Finding Ground. I'm your host, Rachel Moore, and you're joining me for episode three. Today, we're going to talk about the melancholy temperament and the big A word, anger. Anger. You know, we all have anger. So stick around. Here we go. Let's start right out with our getting to know you. And we are going to learn a little bit about the melancholy temperament. Now, I there's when I when I test temperaments, um, there's three different areas that I test, and that is your um, inclusion area. That's like your social, your intellectual energies and stuff like that. And then there's your control area and your affection area. Right now, we're just going to deal with the inclusion area again. Um, about people, your social interaction, your um, social orientation, your intellectual energies, and was, but now we're going to deal with just that, and we're going to talk about a melancholy person. So it's funny, I actually know a lot of melancholy people who um, are, well, melancholy and inclusion, and one of them is my husband. He is um, very... Um, He's very particular in social settings. It's really hard for him to get into um, a huge group of people. It makes him really nervous, which it does with melancholy people. With melancholy people, when they're forced into a situation where there's a ton of people, they have a really hard time being relaxed in themselves. Usually it causes a lot of anxiety and a lot of um, just uncomfortable feelings that either cause your heart to beat really fast, you to sweat, or you to stutter with your words when you're talking. Uh, Melancholy people do not like to be in a huge setting. The melancholy person in inclusion makes an incredible teacher because they are, their intellectual energies are so smart. They're very smart. Their brain is wired in a different way than a lot of us. And they're able to process things. Now, what they have a hard time processing is they're, I mean, they usually tend to be very introverted. Um, They love being alone. They're private. They're serious. And they need alone time in order to um, rest or regenerate after a very hard day or like being around a lot of people. They're very selective socially. Uh, They're very task-oriented. They approach people as tasks sometimes, and um, they're very self-motivated and they're very steady at what they do. Um, Their fear of rejection and their low self-esteem is a very, that's a weakness in their temperament. Another really hard weakness for a melancholy person in inclusion is it's really difficult for them to sleep because they're constantly thinking, their brain is constantly going, and um, they can see and visualize what they're thinking. And so when they're trying to go to sleep, all these thoughts will come into their head and it's just really, really difficult to deal with your brain never being able to shut off. So for a melancholy person, it's very it's very difficult. And so they need that time in order to relax because they're going to be a little extra tired because they, it is hard for them to sleep. Um, but a major, major uh, strength with a melancholy person in inclusion is they are incredibly artistic. Their minds are so, they're so brilliant. They have some of the finest minds that you, if you think about like Albert Einstein. 
some of the greatest minds like Albert Einstein and um, other like Galileo, other people who have made this incredible mark on this world um, probably were melancholy temperaments because of the way that they thought and the way that they can understand things. I mean, yes, every, every other temperament has their amazing qualities, but a melancholy person has a mind that tends to um, need the melancholy temperament because they have to have that time alone in order to think. They have to be able to concentrate. Think about some more artists of today and of yesterday. When you think about what um, da Vinci did and uh, Chopin and um, Bach and all the other amazing people who have put their art for us to see and for us to hear uh, it's just amazing what they can do the way that their minds work and how a melancholy person even though it's hard for them to be around people and in um, huge social settings but the the art that they can create is absolutely amazing so without the even though they have the weaknesses that they do the um, the strengths of a melancholy person are, I mean, you can't really, you can't really beat that. It, they have an amazing mind and a brilliance that is, I guess, I guess it's worth all of the, uh, I don't know if it's worth all the weaknesses, but the, the weaknesses they work on and they learn from and they try to keep away from. I mean, I know for the, the, for the, um, for the people that I have counseled who are melancholies and inclusion, things that have worked for them in order to help them feel more confident, feel less depressed, feel less anxiety has been writing or journaling. It has been um, just staying out of the situations that they know they're going to have a hard time with. And they've also really benefited from uh, well, talk therapy because it, it really helps to understand where this is coming from, that God has totally made them this way for a reason, how they can get past their weaknesses and move through them and turn it into a strength. So the melancholy person in inclusion, they are quite incredible. I mean, every, every one of God's creations are incredible. And every one that God has made, one of us that God has made, he's made so uniquely. And for a melancholy person, they are so uniquely made. They're brilliant. They have an amazing mind. And that not only comes out on paper and through music, but also through the lives that they live. Before we transition into the guts of this episode, I wanted to take this opportunity and ask that you send me some questions. If you want to know something about a temperament, um, specifically the melancholy temperament that we just went over, that would be awesome. I would love to hear from you and get your questions and answer them for you, um, or just try to answer them. Um, I would also love if you would give me comments uh, on just the whole podcast um, in all because I'm totally new to this and guessing my way through it um, but you can find my website at www.findinggroundcounseling.com and you can find me on Facebook through um, Finding Ground so um, so shoot me your 
your comments or your questions about temperament because getting to know you is an important part um, of life because once we can know others better and we can understand why people react the way that they react, it helps us to see other people through God's eyes a lot better than we can if we don't have that knowledge. So here we go. We're going to get into the anger, the anger part of our pot or of our episode today. I love so many songs. I mean, music. I totally, I live through music. Music is such a therapy for me. And um, that song, Hold Fast, just speaks so much into our lives because we just need to hold on, hold on to God, hold on through this ride of life, um, especially when it comes to anger, anger. I don't know about you. But I have dealt with a lot of anger, a lot of anger in my life due to circumstances in my early childhood and all different um, reasons. But of course, it does not give me an excuse to be angry or lash out at other people. Um, We recently, my son had a basketball game this past weekend. It was quite a nail biter. It was very close. And then when it was getting near the end, a boy shoved another boy and okay boys fight okay and the it was it was broken up by the referee and then after it was broken up the boy was still kind of upset about it but the um the boy who started the fight his dad jumped out and started saying oh you can't take it you can't take it and so this got the other boy mad so they just started pushing each other again and this this dad on the sideline just keeps yelling at him and keeps screaming at him. And um, so, of course, what do you expect? Somebody is screaming at your kid. There's another dad that stands up and comes over because they're still fighting. And um, now this dad is screaming at this kid. And then they both, both the dads meet up. There's a bunch of screaming and yelling, and now there's moms coming up and running over there. And so it is just a mess. I mean, you have all these teenagers on the, on the basketball court thinking, oh my goodness, I've never seen my parents get so mad. And then everybody's screaming, cursing, and it, it's just ridiculous. So that calms down and they are able to finish the rest of the game once they get people sitting down. But of course, the the boy's dad who started the fight is still irate. And so he gets kicked out of the building, but doesn't end there. The game ends, my son loses, which um, they played really good and they were almost there, but they they lost. And um, so everybody starts to walk out and we, we wait a few minutes hoping that we'll miss any drama that goes on. We walk outside and there is the dad of the kid who's who started the fight and he is yelling like irate. He is so angry and he starts spewing out so much hate and um, telling the the boy's mom that, oh, well, calling him a bunch of names or her a bunch of names and being totally disrespectful. And the other the other dad just tries to walk away. But of course, some kids get into it. There's death threats and it's just totally out of hand. Now, the person who 
was running the whole basketball thing. She was a, a, a lady and she was a lot smaller than the guy who is so irate and so full of anger. So my husband had to stand in and um, just to make sure that he would back off because my husband was a little bit bigger than he was. So he backed off and uh, he ended up, his wife ended up pulling him into the car and I, I just can't imagine that anger that he must have felt. So it was totally misplaced. And um, my heart, I, my heart totally, uh, it just it just breaks for him because of how much anger can take you over. Anger can just take control and just keep spewing all this hate. And then to live with all that, I mean, to go home and be this man who who decided to make the choices that he did that day to the shame and the, or maybe he doesn't feel shame I'm not sure but when it comes to anger there's there's nothing there's nothing really really good about it of course there's righteous anger and we we do get angry about the things that we need to get angry about god gave us the emotion of anger for a reason so it's not that it's a sin but when it you let it take control of you that is when it becomes sinful so i've recently had the opportunity the unique opportunity to um see how how people form anger i we have adopted from india and my youngest daughter she is just now learning her emotions and she's nine years old she was never able to express her emotions before so it's all just coming out near she's going through puberty and so all of that is starting to take form and before she was always suppressed in her anger and she can never well, never get it out, never express it. And so now it's this new thing. Now she knows how to speak um, a language. And now she knows that she's safe. And so she can express this. So the anger that she's feeling, that it comes from grief, and it comes from a lot of other issues. But um, she, she loses control of it a lot, because she doesn't know how to temper it yet. And um, so seeing the way the anger can build and the way that it usually happens within um, a toddler, but they learn it at different stages. But so seeing it from this point of view is pretty, pretty interesting. And again, heartbreaking at the same time because of where, where it was, it all stems from. But so we can all admit that we have been angry once or twice, okay, probably every day. In our lives. Um, but so let's talk about anger management. Of course, you see all the funny movies and, and the people say like, oh, you really need anger management. And it's a big old joke. But there are some people out there who really need anger management um, therapy or, uh, well, ways of coping in a group or something. But um, if that is you who are listening, then you really should find some help in order to manage your anger because it it can be life-changing to be able to let go of the anger, which is an amazing, amazing um, feeling. Because I, I had an anger problem for a while. A lot of it, again, dealt with issues. But um, it, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be angry all the time. So let's talk about some anger management ideas. First off, you can always use the good old rubber band. Put a rubber band on your hand or your arm, and when you do get angry, you just start slapping the rubber band onto your arm to remind you of the pain. 
well, I don't know if that really works. And well, it's, it does work for some people. It, it doesn't work for me, though. Um, counting. Counting does help because you are forced to think about the numbers instead of what you're angry about. And usually when you can count your way down to whatever number you need, 20 to 100, um, it can help you to lose a little bit of that anger. Walking away from the conflict or whatever's going on, whatever's making you angry, just walk away from it. Put yourself in a timeout. I tell my kids this all the time. Actually, I get a lot of mom timeouts because I need them. Um, but this is a good way to just, okay, pause the situation. But this is your response. You have the responsibility of going back and talking to whoever it was that you were angry with and hashing it out or just talking it out peacefully and lovingly um, because you do you can't just ignore the whole situation because if you do and you don't ever come back to that it will cause a lot of bitterness and um, resentment and you don't need that with anger on top it just doesn't go well together I think the most important way um, to manage your anger well is to figure out why you're so angry. There's always, there's always a cause to the extreme anger or the anger that you have. You may have felt cheated. You may have, um, you may be in a place where you don't feel like anything is fair or um, things didn't go your way or somebody else is attacking you or somebody that you love. If you can figure out why you're so angry, this will help you to rational, rationalize with yourself or be able to rationalize with the person that you're angry with um, because there, there usually is a deep-seated uh, reason for why you have anger management issues, and I, I think a lot of us have. Um, I know, let, let me give you a little example of the, the, okay, let's say the man's anger at the game, which I told you about a little earlier. Um he saw that somebody wronged his son and I'm not talking about the man whose son um, started the fight, but I'm talking about the other man who went up and tried to protect his son. Um, He also got angry because somebody was attacking his son. And of course, you know, uh, any mama bear out there or daddy bear would, uh, you'd get angry too. So his his anger, you can understand where it's coming from. Somebody's attacking my son, yelling at my son, and it's not a kid, it's an adult, and this is just totally inappropriate. I totally get that. He was able to keep his cool. He was able to walk away without arguing with the man who was irate. So this was a, a very good example on how you can manage your anger really well. Um, now, you also have the the man who was irate and did not manage his anger really well. So anger is an emotion. It's not a bad emotion. It's one that we need in order to keep us safe, in order to keep others safe. Um, It's one that we need to have when somebody is blaspheming the name of God and um, or persecuting us. Um, It's an anger. Even God has expressed his anger. And um, so it's not a bad thing. Anger is not a bad thing. It can be a bad thing, though. And we need to learn how to manage it. And again, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So you can just stay in the middle of anger and then it could keep you safe. All right, there you go. 
So I hope this little lesson on anger has been helpful to you. And I hope that you take some of the things that you've learned and institute it in your own life or teach your kids how to control their own anger. And um, also there are many verses out there that you can look up and I'm going to give you a list and I'll go kind of slowly so that you can write them down if you want to write them down. So verses to find out what God's word says about anger. You can go to Proverbs 15.1, Ephesians 4.26, Psalm 37.8, Proverbs 14.29, James 1.20. I hope this is helpful and I look forward to our next um, episode coming up soon. And I hope you all are doing well. And remember, find your ground. Your ground has to be in the Lord or it's just not going to, um, to work, basically. Praying for you.